This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. It is time for Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for joining us, everybody. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please make sure you do that. We would appreciate it greatly uh, as uh, we get just I mean, everything you do to support us means the world to us. So we appreciate that. And I say us because it's not just me. Obviously, it's me and my broadcast partner, Mr. Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer. Uh, covering the entire league for Bleacher Report. He also writes Raiders content up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And uh, Mo, I know you're a little bit under the weather, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for braving the airwaves for your loyal listeners. Anything for the Raider fans out there, you know. Uh, little, uh, not a little, a lot under the weather. Oh, uh, no. But, but uh you know, players play hurt. They come in the <laughs> into the week with questionable tags. I came in yeah. with a questionable tag, and that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna tough it out today. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll get through as much as we can with Mo because we don't want him to get uh, any sicker. But uh, we definitely want to talk some Raider football uh, again. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're also watching us on YouTube. Hit the subscription and also hit the notifications bell so you know when we go live. Uh, all right, Mo, some news, and I wanted to touch on this one because, you know, you were the first one, no, no doubt about it, first one really in the entire country to talk about Mac Jones as a possible target for the Raiders uh, now that they're moving on and they need a quarterback. Um, we talked about it weeks ago. A lot of fans didn't like it. Some fans started to warm to it. But then uh, on Tuesday and Monday, we find out, guess what? Mac Jones might not be in play due to the return of his not only college coach, but of course the Patriots offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. So, so now Mac Jones, it appears that Bill Belichick and the Patriots kind of realized that, yeah, Matt Patricia is not the best guy to call the offense with a young quarterback, especially since the quarterback struggled 
Mac Jones compared to his his Pro Bowl year last year as a rookie. Uh, what do you make of this? And does this really signal you think that the Patriots are all in on Mac Jones? Yeah, I think it's this pretty much seals it. Mac Jones isn't going anywhere. Uh, Bill O'Brien took the job at Alabama. Mac Jones is on his way out. So they briefly mm-hmm. crossed paths. He didn't really go through a full season with Bill O'Brien, but I believe it was said that, I think Mark Daniel said this, one of the Patriot beat writers said that Bill o, Mac Jones helped Bill O'Brien learn the system at Alabama, and Bill O'Brien helped Mac Jones get ready for the draft. So that was the trade-off <laughs> between them. And now they get to work together. So I think this was the Patriots saying, we're sorry we screwed up having a defensive coordinator call plays for you. And that was our bad. Because I wrote in the column today that I put out, not today, but on Tuesday, that Mac Jones was unhappy and he was letting people outside of the building know Mm -hmm. he was unhappy with the way things were being run. Robert Kraft wasn't happy with the way the offensive system was being run. And I think, again, this was just a correction to say, we screwed up. We're going to try to make things right. And, I, and, I've, and I've said this over and over again. Mac Jones was not the problem with the Patriots. I know their offense wasn't electric. I know they don't have the, the greatest, most dynamic weapons. But if you watch Patriots games, and I, and I do because of the, where I live in the, in the country, I get a mm-hmm. lot of Patriot games. Sure. You'll notice that, yes, Mac Jones makes some mistakes, and he wasn't perfect. But a lot of it was the plays being called. And it, it, it shows in, in the Patriots' offensive production. So I'm willing to see what happens with Mac Jones. Obviously, he won't be traded to the Raiders, but I want to see his progression where he is because if it doesn't work out, do the Patriots then entertain trading him again next offseason if they're not happy with him? Right, but being a second-year player, I mean, that was that was the obstacle, right, for 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 Mo's dream of getting him in Las Vegas. Uh, and I kid about that, of course. But yeah. the possibility as a name that that could that could fit, obviously, because of Josh McDaniel's background. But you look at that situation and a second-year quarterback, right? It's not like and it's not like he was um, uh, Zach Wilson. It was not that kind of implosion. It was clearly a lot of other things. And so you look at a second-year quarterback. You look at Justin Fields in Chicago, who doesn't have a good cast around him, made progress. That team still sucked. And they didn't utilize him probably as well as they should have. But you saw progress there, too. And I think that's something important to point out because if the Raiders, Mo, go the young quarterback route in any way, whether they go get a veteran and then get a rookie in the draft and have both on the roster at the same time, you have to give these guys time. I think the expectation, yes, there are examples of guys who come out in year one and hit the ground running and they're great and no problem whatsoever. But the majority of quarterbacks, it takes a little bit of time. The game in the NFL is so much faster. It doesn't matter if you played in the SEC and you played in big games. We saw Trevor Lawrence, right, go up and down, up and down um, as well. And we saw Joe Burrow, of course, get hurt in his first year, but now he's come out and lit the world on fire. Um isn't that, I mean, do, do you think maybe the NFL is entering a phase now where despite all the money that a quarterback, if, if they need a little bit of seasoning, the teams are now going to give them a little more time? I think it just depends on the situation. If you have a bridge gap quarterback in place, if you have a veteran in place, you, you don't, you have the luxury of letting your rookie sit for a while. And I think that's, that's where the Raiders could be in 2023. We don't know what their quarterback plan is. Obviously, if you go with Brady, then that's not that's not going to happen. I mean, you could do that. You could have a quarterback sit for one year behind Brady because he's only going to give you what one or two years. Right. But let's say if you strike out on Brady and you have Brissett or Jimmy Garoppolo, and I've said this over and over again, if the Raiders sign Jimmy Garoppolo, 
your quarterback number two better be ready to play. Now, (laughs) Stidham is out there, too. You can throw Stidham into the fire, back into the fire if you don't want to play your rookie. But to me, if your rookie quarterback is talented enough, I wouldn't mind tossing him out there early because once once you draft that rookie, Mm -hmm. and I believe Murph on Raider Fan Radio says this a lot, the the most valuable thing is a rookie contract, and I agree with him on that. I agree with him on that plan that – you want to maximize the amount of spending you can do while your quarterback is on a modest deal because that's where you can overspend on a defensive player. You can overspend on your offensive line and it not really hurt you because your quarterback isn't making much. I believe Mac Jones isn't going to make more than $5 million for the last two years of his contract, and that's why I was on board with bringing him to Las Vegas. But I'll say this. If the Raiders go with a Tom Brady and a rookie, Tom Brady's going to give you one year. You put the rookie out there in 2024 and you see where it goes. Also, I know this wasn't on the rundown, so I'm going to throw an audible here. I think the Raiders are, are a legitimate, realistic landing spot for Aaron Rodgers, who's rumored to be possibly on the move. Adam Schefter said that if the Packers trade him, they're going to want to trade him to an AFC team. I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a no-trade clause, but he can threaten to retire if he doesn't like the team that the Packers are right. going to trade him to. So if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at the potential AFC team landing spots. And I'm looking at the Jets. The Jets have young wide receivers like the Packers had. Mm-hmm. And we all know Aaron Rodgers sometimes doesn't have patience with young wide receivers. The Titans, who do they have? Traylon Burks? Yeah. Eh, that's not going to bring Aaron Rodgers to Tennessee. No. Devontae Miami Adams Dolphins, bring him to it, Vegas. Hey, so Miami Dolphins have the weapons, but they're supposedly yeah. sticking by Tua. Right. So I would say you got Devontae Adams. You got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs, maybe you resign him. That team, that offense would be loaded. Just pick up a couple offensive linemen, work on the defense. I think Rodgers would like that landing spot. Yeah, and and the Rodgers stuff, I actually was going to mention that to you because that really started to uh, take hold on Tuesday, right, with conversations uh, that that Rodgers does, or that the Packers will not trade him to another NFC team. It has to be an AFC team. They clearly don't want to play him. Um, in in the conference. So if that's the case, then yeah, the Jets, the Raiders, uh, the Dolphins, the the Titans. But to your point, I think that 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 situation. But what is and and but the Raiders then too would have the deal we've been talking about. They're 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 going to be flush with cash, mm-hmm. particularly uh, with Carr off the books. But then you add an Aaron Rodgers. That's a big contract, right? And yep. so they can. But as you pointed out, if Aaron Rodgers thinks he's got four years left or whatever he thinks he's got left, they can certainly um, um, renegotiate that or or uh, just look at a way to restructure it so that the Raiders can load up in the next year or two and back end that payment for him. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I've said this is a dangerous move simply because the Raiders have so many holes to fill. If you go yeah. and get Aaron Rodgers, now you're – Peter King of NBC Sports said that, right, that any team that wants Rodgers probably have to give up two first-rounders. Yeah. So not only do you have to pay his big salary, but now you got to give up premium draft capital for the next two years to get him. It's dicey, 
But if you're Josh, if I'm Josh McDaniels and I and I feel like Josh McDaniels is on the hot seat going into 2023, yeah, he should be. I would entertain the idea. Now, would I love giving up the draft capital, knowing that you're not going to have a complete roster because you're giving up again first rounders to get Aaron Rodgers, and your defense is still probably might still suck, and you might be a nine and eight team <laughs> like the team he just left in Green Bay. Yeah, it's a possibility, but it's a risk you got to take if your job is on the line. Yeah, and and that whole building the roster piece of that with the draft capital, if you have to give up two number one picks, it makes you wonder, too, you know, the situation with them still trying to work out a Derek Carr trade. I don't think any way they get a number one anyway. Um, but then you have Darren Waller. You have, But then if you trade Darren Waller, you're trading away a piece that would appeal to Aaron Rodgers coming to Las Vegas. So it's a very complex situation. That, that to me... I know fans would be excited, at least most fans would be excited about it, but to me it's the riskiest option for them in looking at a veteran quarterback. The Brady option, it, you don't have to give up draft capital. Now, I'm not saying Tom Brady at this point in his career is as good as Aaron Rodgers. I don't know offhand. I mean, you go by the numbers, you could say yes. Other ways you look at it, maybe no. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mo, before we go to the break here, the first break, um, just want to also point out the Raiders, uh, the PFWA, which is the Pro Football Writers of America, which I am a voting member, so I voted on this, um, named their all-NFL team. And uh, Josh Jacobs, of course, was one of the running backs that made the all-NFL team, as well as Daniel Carlson at kicker. Uh, I know some fans were upset that uh, – that uh, Max Crosby did not make it, but Nick Bosa from the 49ers and Miles Garrett from the Browns both uh, were selected as the all-NFL team. By the way, Keyshawn Nixon, remember him? Keyshawn Nixon, as a kick returner, was also named on the special teams. You look at the all-AFC team, Josh Jacobs again, Max Crosby did make that one. Uh, I voted for Max on that one as well, and Daniel Carlson uh, on that. And then uh, uh, late on Tuesday, Dylan Parham was made, named to the PFW All-Rookie Team uh, there up front on the offensive line. So there you go. It shows you the recognition of Dylan Parham across the league on what was a disappointing Las Vegas Raiders team. Still got some honors from the pro football writers, but not bad representation for a team that went 6-11. and 11. If you ask some Raider fans, they would say tell you that Dylan Parham sucked because he gave up too much <laughs> pressures and too many sacks. I mean, I, like I said, you, you Rookie is going to go through growing pains. I think he's probably going to move to center, which is probably his going to be his position. You know, he's as he was when he got to Memphis. He, I believe, mm -hmm. he was a tight end. He was a little light. You got to, he's got to gain some weight. But yep. when you're going up against the guys like DeForest Buckner and Aaron Donald, you you know you're going to get pushed around. Those guys sure. are all plurals. good defensive player of the year guys. So yeah. I didn't expect him to hold his own against those guys, but I do expect him to get better as time goes on as a center. Yeah, as a center, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him develop. Uh, by the way, unbelievably, there is not one Cincinnati Bengal on that team. I don't two straight runs to the AFC Championship game, and of course the Super Bowl last year. Not one person on that roster. It's pretty remarkable. So uh, anyway, so when Raider fans complain about the guys not getting recognition. Just be a Bengal fan and you can feel it even more. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Mo and I are going to switch gears. We're going to talk. I brought up the Bengals on purpose because um, I look at the Bengals and I was talking to Mo about this that, hey, you know, and I've been telling fans on Twitter, the Raiders have a lot of roles to fill. They have to get that defense up to par. 
Uh, and obviously they need a quarterback. But the turnaround can come quickly, and the Bengals are a good example of that. But you have to do a couple things, which we will identify when we return. You're listening to Silver and Black today with Momot and Scott Branson. We'll be back right after these words. 